Welcome to Women Inseparable with author and speaker Jacqueline Palmer. Our study this season is titled Jesus and Me Today. We know Jesus is coming back. With that in mind, what does your today look like? Here's Jacqueline. We talked about joy already once. Is it okay if we talk about joy a second time? It's a good one. Joy is mentioned often in the Old Testament, often in the New Testament. And joy typically has the same definition. We're not going to do a word study. We did a word study last week. That was fun. I love word studies. We're going to pray and open scripture and let scripture do what scripture does. Sound good? Heavenly Father, Lord God, I just open up my word and lay it before you and ask you to go before. Lord God, we we are called to stand and watch. We are called to set our eyes on you, to seek the things that are above, to follow after you, to live today as if today is the only thing that matters. Because today is the opportunity we have to shine your light, to talk the name of Jesus to one more ear, to one more heart. Today is the day we get to breathe, that we get to sing, that we get to worship, that we get to cry out to you, to call out to you, to laugh with you to sit with you, to talk to you, to listen to you, to hear your voice. Today is that day. Oh, Lord God, that we may anticipate with joy the day that you're coming again. I thank you so much for your promise. I thank you for the promise you've given us throughout Scripture. When you said that you are going to come and you came, and we heard you say that you were going to go home to the Father and you went home to the Father, And you said that you're going to come again. And Lord God, that's where we are as Christians today. We're in that waiting season today. Oh, Lord God, that our day today will proclaim that we believe, that our eyes are open, that we're watching, that we are watching with anticipation within our entire soul that you're coming again. I pray that you'll be with us as our scriptures are open. I pray that you will silence any word, any teaching that I want to throw forth but that your word and your word alone is the only thing that is spoken, that is heard, that is clung to today. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. We are going to be in the book of John today. Do you guys ever try to guess what passage we're going to be in? No? I got one no. Does anybody ever try to guess what passage we're in? All right, I got some yeses. So I grew up in church. My uncle was my pastor my whole life until I went over and helped my brother-in-law start a church for a little bit. And then I went to a cousin's church. So my pastor has always been blood relative of mine until I moved to a new state. Well, anyway, I said all that to say I grew up in church, listening to my uncle, listening to my brother, my cousin. And I heard them preach so often that I always knew where they were going to go. And so it was like my little game when I was a kid and a teenager in early 20s to sit because there's always those notes that are handed out at church, you know, and there's always fill in the blank. So I'd sit there and I would try to fill in the words. And if I got it right, I'd put a check mark. <laughs> if I got it wrong, I left my answer there because it looked good. And I would write their answer somewhere around the line. This is what I did growing up. I don't do that anymore. Steve throws me. Steve, Steve is a powerful preacher. Is this not this last Sunday? 
amazing. Oh, so powerful. Yes, if you missed this Sunday sermon on Hebrews 12, watch it. It's available on eaglechristianchurch.com. It's, it's tear-worthy. It's, it's anticipation. It's beautiful, absolutely beautiful. Um, John 15. We have a study that we're going through, a um, little pamphlet that you have if you don't have and you want. We have some, like miraculously, if you need one, there's right there. Um, in that, there's a question for today, a thought that was presented on the anticipation of a joy that says, how are we living today in the same joy? How do we have that same anticipation that the disciples had? And my prayer is that we find that answer in John. Sometimes the answer is Jesus. Sometimes. I feel like I say that too often, but can you say that often enough? It doesn't matter what our question is. It does not matter what season we're in. It doesn't matter what our setting is. The answer is Jesus. And when we're trying to figure out how do I anticipate tomorrow? How do I anticipate the Lord coming again? How do I make that real when the midst that I'm in right now is very heavy and very dark and very tiring and very overwhelming and very fill in your blank? How do I live with this anticipation today? The answer is Jesus. Because Jesus had to live in anticipation. Did he not? Jesus set the example. He set the example of submission by obeying God's will for his life, and he was born as a baby. That's submission. And during his years on earth, he lived with anticipation, knowing what was in his future. He knew what was sitting in front of him. He also knew what was sitting above him. The cross was in front of him, but eternity back with God the Father sitting on his right side, that's where his joy remained. And his eyes were set. And he taught his disciples how to do exactly that. And then his disciples taught us how to do exactly that. So the disciples heard from Jesus, and then they did it. And as they were doing it, they wrote letters for those who read the letters to do it. And they did it, and it passed on and on and on and on and on. And here we are today. The question is, are we anticipating with joy, as was set by Jesus, and are we teaching somebody else to anticipate in joy? So I pray that we hear today with two, two ears, because <laughs> we have two. <laughs> Listen as the one that is learning and growing in anticipation. And then listen as one who is going to teach someone also. How amazing if that were your legacy. That somebody says of you, oh, that woman taught me how to anticipate with joy the coming of my Savior. And this woman taught me so dearly and so desperately that it makes me want to stand that much stronger. And it doesn't matter what my setting is. The answer is Jesus, because Jesus is coming again. Let that be us. Deal? John 15. John 15, verse number 1. It's maybe a familiar passage. As we read through, challenge yourself with questions. Learn something new and apply it to your anticipation. And look at Jesus' anticipation. He says, I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. 
Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean. What a good, good word. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. And I love that that's plural. We're not alone in this. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers. I wonder how many of us are thinking about the word worthy that we talked about last week. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers, and the branches are gathered and thrown into the fire, and those branches are burned. If you abide in me and my words, and if my words, Jesus says, If my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. By this, my Father is glorified, and Jesus alone in the flesh can testify of this. My Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. And then he says again, abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. How often do we hear the words abide in my love? And our question right there sits with the one little word, how? How? And he answers it that quickly. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. Just as I have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. Do you see the pattern? Jesus isn't trying to teach you something that he does not know, that he does not do. He's saying, I abide in the Father, you abide in me. I abide in his love, you abide in my love, but I need to do more. No, you don't. I'm not doing more. I'm abiding in God's love. That's where I'm sitting. I'm sitting in his love so desperately that the cross is there. But my seat is what I'm living for. He says, just as I abide in the love of the Father, you abide in the love of the Father by loving me. He makes it so easy. We make it difficult. Tell yourself to stop making it difficult. So we're mean to ourselves sometimes. So often we're like, oh, I need to abide in, the lo- abide in his love more. I'm not doing it enough. I need to be better. And we go back to that old measuring stick. Remember we talked about that measuring stick. And we're like, I need to measure up. No, you don't. There's no measuring. It's Jesus. He's our measure. Verse 10, once again, it says, If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments, and abide in his love. Then he says this in verse 11, These things I have spoken to you, this whole group of words I have spoken to you, that my joy, that my joy may be in you. And that your joy may be full. How often do we hear messages on joy? 
And oftentimes we hear messages on joy and we're told joy and happiness are two different things. And then the message on joy ends up being about a comparison of joy and happy. And it becomes a checklist of how can I be more joyful? And it goes back to us. Do you like how messages sometimes step away from Jesus and our eyes go on ourselves? Let's not do that with joy. Can we do that? Happy is a thing of the Lord. Don't feel bad when you're happy. Maybe that's just what I want to say. Sometimes we get caught up like, oh, I can't be happy. I need to be joyful. And we use joyful with such like deepness, don't you? Do you ever hear that? Like, oh, happiness is an emotion. It's something we show. We need the joy of the Lord. (laughs) The joy of the Lord is not a deepness. Or else it wouldn't match the, the love of Jesus Christ, does it? Be happy. Be full of joy. Because if you look truly at the word joy, it means a calm, happy. Huh. Not good. Verse 11. Jesus says, These things I have spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. I highly encourage us. And I listened to all of this this morning. I listened to 15, 16, 17, 18, 19. I encourage all of us to read 15 in its entirety and go into chapter 16. Read over that, watching with anticipation the joy that is laid before Jesus, the joy that is laid before us. Watch it closely. I want to move over to chapter 17, however. How can we anticipate with joy today? How can we do that? You have that answer. We know the answer is Jesus. We know that. What does that look like in your life? We're going to read the words of Jesus as Jesus prayed over his disciples. Imagine sitting next to James, next to John, next to Peter, hearing Jesus in the flesh praying these words over you. Wrap your head around the fact Because you're going to see yourself in these words as well. Because in this prayer, Jesus is praying for me. And I'm very selfish about that. I love that. In this prayer, Jesus is praying specifically for you. Be selfish about that. May that alone be your joy. And that show you what that looks like today. John 17 After he explains to the disciples about overcoming this world, do you ever feel like you want to overcome the world? Do you ever feel like you're overcome by the world? Jesus says, or the Bible says, when Jesus had spoken these things, he lifted up his eyes to heaven and he said these words to his father. Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son, that the son may glorify you. Since you have given him authority over all flesh, interesting the way he's wording this. Since you, Father God, have given him authority over all flesh to give eternal life to all whom you have given him. And this is eternal life. Do you see your anticipation of joy? And this is eternal life, that they know you the only true God, and that they know a Jesus Christ whom you have sent. Do you see your anticipation? Do you see your joy? I glorified you on earth, Jesus says to his father. I glorified you on earth. 
I have accomplished the work that you gave me to do. And now, Father, glorify me in your own presence. With the glory that I had with you before the world existed, do you know Jesus? I know you know Jesus because we've talked about salvation. So you know Jesus as your Lord Jesus Christ. We've laid that foundation. And if you are new to Women Inseparable and you don't know Jesus as your Savior, may today be the day that you hear that he is the Son of God, that he was alive, that he died on the cross, that he was buried, that he rose again. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, the only way to heaven. This is Jesus. Here I speak to those of us that know Jesus as our Savior. My question to you is, do you know Jesus? We know him as our Lord and Savior. We have that memory. I remember when I was this and now I'm this because of Jesus. Do you know him? Do you know him? Oftentimes we hear that question, we think this, this thought, well, I need to spend time with Jesus today. I'll set time with Jesus today at this time so I can spend more time with Jesus. And let's say uh, my calendar is I get up at 630 every morning and I spend 30 minutes in the word of God what I, I do. That's my, my time in the Word of God, just me and Jesus. And then sometimes we close our Bible after that time allotment, and then we go on with our day, and we think to ourselves, I need to spend more time with Jesus. What would happen is if, if we knew Jesus, and in knowing Jesus, we read our Bible, and then we, you could be like my grandmother, not ever close. She never closed this book, ever closed this book. When she was done reading it, sat on her glass top, dining table or coffee table open it was always always open she never closed her book always ready always available to read but then we get done with our reading what would happen if we knew Jesus and wanted to know Jesus so desperately that even while we were walking away from our our chair with Jesus and going into the kitchen or whatever we're going to do next and Jesus is with us in thought in prayer, in pondering, in contemplation, in anticipation. And even when we have conversations with a spouse, with a child, with a grandchild on the phone, we're thinking Jesus. Almost as if when Paul says, pray without ceasing, almost as if he's saying, don't live to have a moment with Jesus, know Jesus. Do you see the difference? We spend time with Jesus. But what if we spent the day with Jesus and the night with Jesus and the afternoon with Jesus? And we'd take Jesus to our coffee dates and we'd take Jesus on our night outs and we'd take Jesus to school to pick up our kids and we'd take Jesus all day. And we know Jesus. We know his voice. We know his presence. I love the smiles that are popping up when we are talking about knowing Jesus as our Savior, knowing Jesus as our friend a friend that is with us at all times. We think there's anticipation in the air. Jesus is coming again. But this is how amazing God is. Jesus is coming again, but while we're waiting for Jesus to come again, we're with Jesus 24 hours a day. Wrap your head around that truth. Does that not give you chills? We are waiting for him to come again. And as we wait for him, we wait with him. For him, this is our Jesus. Oh, I have chills, not just because I'm cold. (laughs) Jesus is big. Jesus is good. He prays, Father, glorify me in your presence 
with the glory that I had with you before the world existed. How eternal is Jesus. Verse 6, he says, I have manifested your name to the people whom you gave me out of the world. You're sitting there hearing Jesus in the flesh say these words, the power, maybe perhaps even the confusion. These disciples are following Jesus, believing that he was the one that was to come. Believing and trying to understand the fact that Jesus is saying, I'm going to die, but you're going to see me again. Okay. The disciples didn't get it. We're like, how could you not get it? We get it. Well, we get it because we get to read it. We see things that they didn't get to see. They had to trust with their ears. Thomas struggled with that. We get to wait. We get to hear. We don't get to see right now. But we get to hear with our ears, Jesus is coming again. How are you waiting? Like Thomas, like Peter, like James, what are you doing? Interesting, huh? I have manifested your name to the people whom you gave me out of the world. This sentence, he says, yours they were, and you gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Do you see worthy are my people? God, you created these people. You gave these people to me, and they have obeyed your word. What a compliment to receive from Jesus. Now they know that everything that you have given to me is from you. For I have given them the words that you gave me. I love the honor that Jesus gives God. And I see this often when you read through the Gospels and you hear Jesus doing something. The glory goes to God. Note that. Jesus doesn't often take praise. When somebody comes up to him and says, Master, he says what to them? Why are you calling me Master? God. Jesus is there not for Jesus in the flesh to get the recognition. It's amazing to me. Jesus is there so that the recognition always goes to the magnification of God the Father, even though Jesus was God. Jesus is like, don't, don't, not this flesh. God. He says this even in his prayer. They've received them as they have come to know in truth that I came from you, and they have believed that you, Father God, have sent me. He says in verse 9, I am praying for them. I am not praying for the world. How he, he just kind of silences for a moment. I am not praying for the world, but for those whom you have given to me, for they are yours. Father God, I'm praying for your people. All mine are yours, and all of yours are mine, and I am glorified in them. And I am no longer in the world, but they are. Interesting. Jesus is seen with anticipation his future already, even though he was still in the flesh. He knew what tomorrow meant for him. I am no longer in the world, but they are in the world, and I am coming to you how the emotion must have been sourcing through his body. Thrilled to see his father once again. Do you imagine what that joy feels like? Can you imagine what that joy feels like to see your father face to face? Jesus was anticipating his homecoming to see his dad. He was ready to go home. 
But as he was waiting to go see his father, his people, his friends, his best friends were sitting around him. And he knew, I get to go see the father, but, but they're still here. And he prays power of protection over those that are still in the world. He says, Holy Father, keep them in your name which you have given me that they may be one. You want the key to anticipation of joy? See yourself as one. Even, Jesus says, as you and I, Father God, are one. While I was with them, I kept them in your name, which you have given me. I have guarded them, and not one of them has been lost except for the son of destruction that this scripture might be fulfilled. But now, Jesus says, I am coming to you, and these things I speak in the world, that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. Oh, how the joy of the Lord. We hear the word, there's joy in the house of the Lord. We sing the songs, there's joy in, our, in his strength. The joy of the Lord been sung in so many ways. I'm curious how many songs are actually being sung at this moment in all of our hearts regarding the joy of the Lord. He says that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. This joy is not anything the world has to give to us. It's 100% only the joy of the Father. I have given them your word and the world has hated them because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world see who you are. Verse 15, he says, I do not ask that you take them out of the world. Do we need to hear that again? Jesus says, I do not ask you, Father God, that you take them out of this world. Don't take them out. Do you think maybe Jesus didn't want his people to be taken out of the world because Jesus knew that the world needed them? Do you think maybe you have not been taken out of this world? Have you ever wondered, why am I still here? Honestly, have you ever had that moment of why am I still here? Maybe, and perhaps it's this line from the prayers of Jesus Christ that you need to write and underline and embrace. The world needs you. You, sweet daughter, who knows Jesus Christ as your Savior, you, sweet daughter, who knows the voice of Jesus, the world around you, not the world in its entirety, but the world around you, that grocery store, that coffee shop, in your house, in your neighborhood, the world that is around you, they need you. Do you see the power that Jesus sees in you? You have the ability to speak the name of Jesus to somebody that the girl sitting next to you does not. Speak the name of Jesus. You have a reason. You have a purpose. That purpose is Jesus. Oh, that we speak the name of Jesus. He says, I do not ask you that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one. You feel overwhelmed. You feel trapped by evil that is in your house. 
you feel overwhelmed, you feel trapped by the evil that is in your marriage, that is from your child, that is from this world, you feel that, will you please write this prayer from your Savior over you right now? Jesus today is praying protection from the evil one. Jesus is praying today protection from the evil one. Jesus today is praying protection from the evil one over you. Do you hear those words? What would happen if we stopped being fearful of the evil one and started standing behind this prayer? All right. So turns out we had technical difficulties this week in our recording of uh, John 17. So we're going to pick up where we left off and um, see what the Lord has to say for us as we finish uh, this prayer that Jesus prayed over his disciples in John 17. Sound good? Okay. When the video ended, I just watched the final clip with Gail. We're sitting side by side looking over and the irony of the timing in which technology quit makes me think that there was something behind the timing of the cancellation. And I pray right now that as we go back into scripture, that scripture will be louder, will be bolder, will be brighter than anything Satan wants to throw at us. Because clearly, Satan wants to throw things at us all the time. He will always want to. I have a feeling that when Jesus is praying these prayers over Peter and James and John at the moment, that there were spiritual attacks being taken place at that time, don't you think? That at that moment, in fact, we see in the next chapter, we see how Satan was pulling Peter away from Jesus. Right after Jesus prayed this over Peter, we see Peter being pulled away from Jesus. Satan does not want us near Jesus. Jesus knew that. This is why he prays this in verse 15, and we'll repeat where the video left off, and we'll start where we want to here in verse 15. Jesus says, I do not ask that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one. Jesus knows that the evil one wants us. He wants us to quit. He wants us to quit. But the fact of the matter is we're not going to because Jesus. Verse 16. It says, they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. And for their sake, I consecrate myself, how giving is our Savior, that they also may be sanctified in truth. You want to stand in the joy of the Lord. You want to stand in anticipation of Jesus coming again. You want to stand with the protection that Jesus has prayed over us from the evil one. Immerse yourself in the truth. Read your Bible. Read your Bible. Sometimes we want to do so much more, don't we? We want to do so much more. Like, what more can I do? Read your Bible. Have you read your Bible? Not studied your Bible. We did this big thing in the studying of um, Colossians, and we spent four weeks just reading Colossians. Don't study it. Don't even live it. Read it. Are you reading your Bible? It's the truth. It's what we need. So as we stand behind that shield of faith, as we stand in protection from the evil one, we are filling ourselves with the truth. Read your word. Read the word of God. Verse 20. Jesus continues in prayer. He says, I do not ask for these only. Praying over Peter, praying over the disciples. I do not ask these prayers, these words for just these men. I also pray these prayers, these words for those who will believe in me through their word. These disciples were going to go and light the world on fire. And they wrote letters for you and I to read today. 
And as we read their letters today, we learn more about Jesus today, and we grow in those words. We need to read the words. We have to read the Word of God. We have to read the Bible. And not only do we have to, we want to, don't we? We have that craving in us. Our flesh does dumb things. Satan does dumb things. He does not want us to pick up this book. He doesn't want our eyes to be in it, our heart to be in it, our mind to be in it. He doesn't want our marriage in the Word of God. He doesn't want that, but Jesus does. Side with Jesus on that one. Get into the word of God. Verse 21, Jesus says that they may be one, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. The glory that you have given me, I have given to them, that they may be one, even as we are one. The power of Jesus' words as he presses on, he says, I am in them, and you, Father God, are in me, that they may become perfectly one, so that the world may know that you sent me, so that the world may know that you loved them even as much as you loved me. Father, it's hard to get the words of Jesus out of my mouth, the intimacy in which he's praying says, Father, I desire that they also, whom you have given me, may be with me where I am, to see my glory that you have given me, because you loved me before the foundation of the world. O righteous Father, even though the world does not know you, (laughs) he says, I know you, and these know that you have sent me. He concludes his prayer with these words. I made known to them your name, and I will continue, I will continue to make it known that the love with which you have loved me may be in them, and that I will be in them. It's a continuation. This prayer was spoken, and then God asked John to record this prayer. And then he says, I'm going to continue to pray. Jesus is praying for you today. And he's never going to stop. Let's close in prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for giving us your son. What a sweet gift that you shared your son with us. Jesus, thank you so much for obeying the Father. Thank you so much for coming, for loving, loving us so dearly, so deeply where we are, meeting us who we are, loving us who we are, and walking with us. I pray that you'll help us to be in an an anticipation with such joy over the coming again, whenever that day comes, whenever that day arrives. But until that day comes, Lord, I pray that you'll fill us through and through with such an anticipation to see your face. I pray that you'll help us to stay focused, help us to stay, stay sure in the word of God, grow us in reading the truth. I pray that you will, as you prayed, sanctify us in your truth. I pray that you will continue to protect us from the evil one. I pray protection right now around the women of Women Inseparable. Every single one of them, I pray your protection from the evil one around them. I pray that you'll help us to stand. Stand in that faith. Stand in that joy and shine the light today. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. You can find us on Telegram at WI Online. If you need prayer, 
contact us at womeninseparable at gmail.com.